Welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. We were off last week, so to make up for it, we got a full house tonight. I'm your host and commish. Healthy again, back in the mix, the Denver Desert Dogs. Joining me tonight from the Steel Curtain, Ed Mitchum. How's it going, Ed? We have to upgrade this after shipping fit in an hour. Okay. We'll do our best. We can always stop at it and keep going. Um, everyone come back to work this week in the curtain? Yeah, we're good. All right. No, we have one week of work stoppages, then a couple here, a couple there. Makes we'll sense. Play around, just kidding, but From the seat. An old white rule, we're moving forward. <laughs> I don't know about if we should be using that, that term, but we'll go ahead. Daily podcast. Daily podcast. He says it on the radio 17,000 times a show, and he's doing like that. Pat McAfee? Yeah. We don't have that clout yet. We're still getting there. Phil, I'll give Phil an update on the subscribers later in the show. Yeah, that. Phil, how's it going, buddy? Not good. Reeling a little bit. <laughs> Every time I open up the ESPN app, I get a new Q&D thrown at me. Uh, which is unfortunate. No longer scoring title, no longer first in the division. Things are looking pretty dark for us right now, but there there will be light at the end of the tunnel. You like D getting thrown at you. Shane, how's it going, buddy? Hey, great to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to be in first place in the uh, Peyton Manning division, right where we belong. Um, just, just plugging along, 85-point efforts. Um, good enough to get it done, though. Um, seems like our kind, of, our kind of year, our kind of our kind of slugfest, winning the uh, the close, low scoring ones. So, did we officially call it the Peyton Manning division, or is it still just the Manning division for both of them? Good question. Eh? I think it is the Peyton Manning division, but it very easily could be Eli. Uh, great, great bit between oh, him and. I'm uh, not signing up for that shit. So, great bit between Eli and Tom on Monday night when. Tom told him he loved all the games against Peyton, not so much against Eli, and Eli's response was, <laughs> I liked all of ours, Tom. <laughs> he, does, uh, he does have some good dry humor. Yeah, he's pretty good. Brings, uh, brings a lot to their show. All right, well, uh, let's, do, let's get trivia out of the way quick, and then we'll get into trade deadline and our trade discussions and week eight. Yeah, I know how much Ed hates this portion of the show, so we're just going to do one one quick one here. And I know I haven't said it yet so far this season, but as usual, we are going to go stump the Schwab style. Shit. Um, <laughs> you guys you guys can decide the order. Um, so, <laughs> since the start of the 2019 season, Kyler Murray has rushed for 18 touchdowns. There are 12 players that have rushed for more touchdowns since the start of the 2019 season than Kyler Murray. I'm looking for those 12 guys. Derek Henry. King Henry has rushed for 43 touchdowns since the start of the 2019 season. That is good for first. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has rushed for 22 touchdowns. That is good for seventh on this list. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook has rushed for 31 touchdowns, good for second on this list, 12 behind Henry. Just stupid. 
is my answer. Uh, you said this is since 2019? Yes, so the past two and almost a half seasons. <clears throat> Zeke. Zeke Elliott has rushed for 23 touchdowns, good for sixth on this list. Give me one of the best running backs in the NFL, Lamar Jackson. Bill has embarrassed himself once again. <laughs> Lamar Jackson has rushed for 16 touchdowns, two less than Kyler Murray. He is not on this list. Did you say active? I did not say active. Todd Gurley. I was going to fuck. I was going <laughs> to Old man Gurley had to go. Had to find a question that I could get Gurley on the podcast. I know. I sure. I'm sure we weren't going to talk about him at all tonight. So I wanted to get it out of the way early. 21 touchdowns in 2019 and 2020. So good for a tie of eighth on this list. Still got some juice left. Chiefs were yet. Someone sign that guy. Uh. You try Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, Ed, doing well here, has rushed for 24 touchdowns, but for a tie of fourth on this list. Aaron Jones. Bill eliminated, going to jump back into the fray. Um, now with that recent touchdown that we just witnessed, has now rushed for 28 touchdowns. Either way, he was third on this list. Um... I don't know that Phil understands the rules, which might explain why he does not do well in this game. <laughs> uh, 18 touchdowns, huh? You're looking for more than 18 touchdowns, yes. More than 18 touchdowns. I'll say Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has rushed for 24 touchdowns. Tied for fourth on this list. Wow. With Nick, with Nick Chubb. <laughs> that was a pretty good surprising one, yeah. That was the name I was going to say, but Chubb felt safer. Oh, uh, gosh. It's hard now, huh? Four left. Four names all left. Four left. Some, uh, yeah, pretty pretty tough now. Um, let me try Mark Ingram. It's a good guess. Mark Ingram has rushed for 13 touchdowns. Only one so far this year. Holding him back a little bit. Damn, that's a better guess than this. Well, I mean, 19, you were still putting them in there. I know whatever I say, I'm just going to embarrass myself. I wanted to guess Montgomery, but I thought Nick Chubb was the cute answer. McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey has rushed for 21 touchdowns, tied for eighth on this list, even though he plays five games a year. Class doll. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette is not on this list. Oh. So no one won. So no one won. Is Montiel for three games? Montgomery is not on this list. He's next up. He has rushed for 17. He's one behind Kyler Murray. How about Carson? Chris Carson is not on this list either. There's no He's way. Not, is he? 
Mixon is not on this list either. I'd say Austin Eckler is probably on here, though. Austin Eckler is not on this list. Not great. <clears throat> we'll say... How many touchdowns was Adrian Peterson plunging in 2019? <laughs> He had 12 going in the 2019-2020 seasons, but I got one basically on this year. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is on this list. He's tied for 11th uh, with 19 touchdowns. Hmm. Two names left. One is very... Pretty difficult to name. Uh, one of the other surprising ones on this list. But Lat, Lat Murray. Lat Murray is not on this list. How about LaShawn McCoy? <laughs> I'm not sure he's played. <laughs> in I, got, these I got one. J- J- James Connors on this list. Connor's not on this list. Oh, that's not this list. This list sucks. <laughs> Alright, give them to us. We're, as Ed mentioned, we so, don't have a ton of time. One tough one on this list with 20 touchdowns used to play for one of these teams. Um, kind of an afterthought of his, as a running back. He's now an Oakland Raider. Kenyon uh, Drake has 20 touchdowns. And then the last one on the list with 19 is actually a quarterback with more rushing touchdowns. I'll disappoint in you guys. Josh Allen, 19 no. touchdowns. I kept looking at it and thinking I just didn't think that he was at that many. Yeah, so Murray not even the top quarterback with, and Lamar not even top two for rushing touchdowns, even though he plays the running back position. So, <laughs> yeah. Like that one, anytime you get top girly involved gotta do it yes thank you for taking yeah. taking that opportunity thank you for your sacrifice thanks for nothing <laughs> nice job though man. You, you stuck it out you, you it's a good you show good answers yeah you put up, put up the good numbers there all right so we had a few trades go down figure we would give a little recap on them quickly um eddie got Thielen and josh jacobs for 42 dollars from troy uh, I got Kyle Pitts for Jerry Judy and $8 from Troy. Uh, I got McLaren and Najee Harris for 42 and J.K. Dobbins from Bowl. Um, Micah got Zeke for Damian Harris and 40 from Fegley. And then Cooper Cup for $35 from Tyrus to Jason. I think that was all. I don't think I missed anything, so I'll just open the floor up to you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, looks like the trade frenzy hit a little bit early this year. Um, still got some time before the deadline, but uh, like everyone was in a hurry to to kind of give up on the on the twenty twenty one campaign. Um, Kind of came fast and furious there. Was it last Tuesday or so? 
Um, kind of disappointing, <laughs> to say the least, that, that everyone was kind of tied for the last playoff spot and given up. You don't really see that that often until, uh, until they're really eliminated. But, yeah, we had a bunch of two and four teams just packing their bags and saying, this isn't my year. Um, I think, uh, how should I put this? I mean, obviously the teams that bought are the winners. The teams that sold, I felt like were the losers. I mean, that, that's kind of the, the way it goes in, in our league. I mean, the, if you buy, you, you're, I'm always going to side with the team that bought. And I thought the teams that bought got players for well below what they were worth. Um, so there's no way around it. I thought, Obviously, the Cooper Cup deal, that guy should have been worth $75, and he got him for $35. Um, he's clearly the number one receiver in football, and it's not looking like that's going to stop anytime soon. Um, so there was there was some a lot left on the table there. I, I thought your trade with Bull, I, I mean, he could have got $50 for one of those players, and he sold both of them for $42. Um, it's kind of an inefficiency in our league, I, I said to a couple people, where, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's only $8, but he certainly could have forced you to pay $50 and at least not enabled you to go out and do anything else. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of this point. I mean, easily easily could have traded one of those players for 50 bucks. Um, just kind of feel like undersold and didn't really get much in return. Um, but yeah, I, I thought you made out the best. And your team clearly is now went from a seventh, eighth, ninth place team to a first, second, third place team. Go ahead, take the floor. Uh, yeah, I I agree with most of what you're saying. Uh, getting the two guys I got for forty two dollars felt uh, Bill Cosby ish. Um, but, but there's there's just no sliding scale like. I argued this till I was blue in the face when we moved the dollar amount to fifty bucks and said it doesn't doesn't do anything. Like it doesn't it doesn't mean that there's any sort of type of sliding scale of that makes this player worth that, this player worth that. So like acquiring two guys for forty two bucks, I did it. I'm not I mean I'm the buyer, I'm not gonna not do that. But those two guys shouldn't go for forty two dollars combined. And Cooper Cup, the number one receiver in the league, shouldn't go for thirty five dollars combined. Um I guess the disappointing part for me, even though I was the buyer, is that the power lies within the seller, and no one acts like they have the power. Like everyone, like the Cooper Cup deal went down. It was like, oh well, everyone's buying. I gotta, get, I gotta get them out of here and get my money. And it just, it doesn't make sense. Like, there's a lot of junkyard dogs in this league that are just gonna pounce on anything they can, whenever they can. And if you float a guy out there, like you're gonna get exponential money for the guy if you just put him out there and he was never put out there like i don't know if anyone put any guys out there really i sent all my messages out at 6 30 a.m on tuesday i knew it was time for some teams to pack up i didn't expect it to be as many as it was it's just the sellers didn't use any type of leverage which felt bad um they didn't even answer messages in some aspects like i, I don't know everything Everything that felt like we were starting to get over the hump with kind of resurfaced this year, which made it feel gross. Like, it felt like we were kind of getting over this trade trade pocket, trade frenzy, where guys aren't available to the whole entire league, where uh, 
that you don't try to leverage people against each other. I feel like that was starting to happen the last year or two, and now, like, I, this year, <laughs> I don't know where the hell it went. Like, it just, there was just a lot of dudes getting thrown really quickly for probably not great prices. Like, does someone come in and offer more than 42 for Thielen and Jacobs if they hear that they're available for 42? Hell yeah. Someone's going to put 50 on that right away. I put 50 on it, but he was willing to take 42. Like, I, I mean... There wasn't a whole lot of keepers being moved around. Granted, most of the keepers have Achilles and ACLs that are dangling right now. Like, what, what does that really mean? I don't know. I don't know. It just felt it felt weird. Maybe the early bird gets the worm. I don't know. Maybe it's an overreaction, but it felt it, like... To jump in here, now, it, it kind of kind of made you want a free market, didn't it? It's kind of That's kind of what I got out of it. It was like, man, we kind of want to... Makes you want a free market. Like, I know we've, we've talked pros and cons, but it's like, man... Like, if these players are going for 35, I mean, this is nothing. <laughs> like, like you got, we got wide receiver ones and, and RB ones going for 42 bucks. It's like, they should go for $82. <laughs> like, I mean, there's just, there's just not, uh, there's not enough, you, there's not enough you can give. And it's not, it's not even blaming anyone. It's just like, the max you can get is 50. And like, obviously, the only currency you can get is the $50. And if you can swipe a keeper, that's, that's all you can get. But I mean, these are players. It's just it's the same every year. It changes the landscape of everything kind of before the deadline where you go from being not a good team to being a top team if you can pull off one of the – if you can buy early. Um, and you don't really have to give up a whole lot to do it. Um, yeah, it's just this kind of the one inefficiency in our league right now. I'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure of the, of the fix other than just making it a straight free market. So a, a few points I want to make. At number one, on the free market idea, I do think that's going to be troublesome for veto trades. And you're going to have such a wide range of opinions on if this is a fair trade or not, that the veto is going to be a big problem in evaluating those type of deals. Not saying we shouldn't consider it and think about it, just saying that you're going to have a lot of people that think one trade is really good and one trade is really bad and we don't truth be told we might not even know the other point i want to make is a lot of feedback i heard in texting people was looking for keepers and we're looking for 25 dollars plus a keeper 50 dollars plus a keeper which i totally get but what always happens in the off season and what people always forget is that teams end up with three keepers it happens like clockwork. You can get good keepers for five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars in the off season. Both of my keepers are guys that I have traded for in the last two off seasons, and they're they were two of the top two running backs in the league uh, going into last week. I do want to make a point on Spears's trade, and that it's just methodology I, I didn't entirely understand was he had for for some reason he lined up this trade with cause for the eight dollars and pits and then said all right now i'm going to shop the rest of my team and try and get the the 42. that kind of goes back to the point around trade pockets and and trading with people that you've traded with before and you, and you like dealing with and in that type of scenario just take the 50 for Thielen and jacobs don't even worry about it. You shouldn't let an $8 trade with Kyle Pitts and Jerry Judy dictate the rest of your team when you're selling. Take the 50, take the full max value, 
take take that and then if you really want Judy afterwards, you you can do something other than pits and and, and getting eight dollars. So that, that that that's it. I didn't I didn't have too big of a problem with with everything else. I, I know you guys are high on Cooper Cup rest of season. You think he's the by far wide receiver number one in the league. I'm I'm not there yet. Give me give me a full season of that type of production. I think he's a good player. He's probably a top tier wide receiver one. Is he worth thirty five dollars? Sure, probably worth more. But I don't think he's the runaway number one wide receiver in this league rest of the season. No way. I'll uh, rebuttal before Kaz goes. And you said about the the vetoes getting sparked up more in an open market. I I think there's an argument to like that there should be more veto discussion in this market. Like right. forty two for two dudes feels gross in an open market. You can't, <laughs> someone's going to pay that. I don't think you can really veto that. When it's when it's a money for a player situation, I don't think you could. I think you you are more free to make the trades you would be willing to make. And I argued against the free market, but I don't know. The more and more it goes along, it's like someone gets two players for the price that they should get one, or someone else is getting one. And I get, it seems to be leaning more that way. Um, <clears throat> I just want to get cut because I have Stafford. Anytime they go off, I'm going to beat everybody. So. I just feel <laughs> I just, I just feel like, I mean, the free market could possibly solve some of our issues in the fact that, like, you're almost going to force teams to go out and get max value for your players. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to, if you want to be the guy that's just going to trade away your team, and I've done it in the past, and because it's because of the system we have, you have to go out and get your money. Um, if you're if you're one of the sellers and you're not in contention, but if you're going to be the guy that's going to go and dump your players to someone else. You're gonna look like the idiot when you sell them for forty dollars, and someone's offering you eighty. Now we know, like, oh, we have an issue. You're like, you're just trading them because you want to trade them to that team instead of going out. It's gonna give you an option to for someone to counter an offer and say, hey, I'll give you a lot more than this person's offering. It's almost like you need like uh, you almost need to like redo the draft. Like you almost need to like put players into like an auction pool and let people bid. Like the like what you just said made me think of that. Like, hey, here's here's my trade blocks. You guys can, and it's like a free open market. Everybody bids on it. Highest bidder takes players. Like, I, I don't know if it needs to get that crazy, but that's just sparked in my head. And for the five yeah. seconds of this, I mean, essentially, yeah, essentially, that's what <laughs> what it's doing is, I mean, saying, hey, Eddie offered me forty two dollars for these two guys. Can you do better? And I'll say, yeah, I'll give you fifty. And then you can go back to Eddie and say, hey, listen, I got fifty dollars on the table. What are you willing to do? And hey, if you're willing to go 55, and you can go back and forth until someone's willing to actually reach their point of, hey, I can't do that. Then you if, know you got your, you know you got your max. If, if players weren't included in these deals, you could you could move to a system like that. The, the the problem is when you start throwing potential keepers in here, and one one person values that keeper value more than somebody else, mm-hmm. and it's it's just tough to say which trade's better than the other because it's all in whoever's making those trades. That kind of happened with Shane's deal. Shane had a fifty dollar offer out for Zeke, and Begley took forty and Damian Harris instead because he thought Harris gave him a chance to maybe stay competitive this year, this year, and maybe give him an opportunity to buy this week or next week, which it ended up actually working out for him. If he wanted to buy this week, he could have after Harris had the huge game last week to lead him. Um, I'm all for an open market. I think, going back to Phil's point, 
my deal with Spears looks a lot different if we aren't capped at 50. I'm probably willing to go a lot more than eight for Pitts. Um, so I, I think that's definitely something that's come up before. Uh, Shane, you've been one of the people against it. Um, but I think the other thing we've seen that the NFL is so volatile, you know, one of the reasons you've been against it is you're afraid that someone's going to come into the draft with too much and ruin the draft. I mean, I think this is two years in a row where the people with the most money in the draft are sellers. So maybe it's not as big of an issue as we thought. I started last year with the most money, or second most. I'm just thinking, sure, and Spears, I'm just thinking the last two years, have had max money, maybe not the most money, but max money, and not been very good. Yeah, I think I think our argument's always been like we don't want we don't want guys giving up one hundred and fifty dollars and someone getting one hundred and fifty dollars and starting the draft with. I, obviously, we would have to raise our in season cap. I believe I know sure brought that up. Um, if we did if we did move to that, um, it might be something we look at even if we don't move to that. But we didn't want some teams starting with three fifty and another team starting with fifty. Yeah. But. I don't know. The more the more I'm thinking about it, the more I feel like we we might want to figure out a way we possibly can open it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean there is still probably a max that people are willing to go. I mean yeah. I don't think anyone's going to trade 150 dollars, but yeah. that would make next year borderline impossible. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like hey, if you want to be the team that hey, if you want to win this year, you're you're giving up. Basically, any hope that you have for next for next year, um, if you're going to do it next year, you're going to build it off of a, a fifty dollar roster. Part of the sucks about all those ideas is it just it just completely devalues the draft. Like titles would just be bald. Like yeah, well that's what they are now. <laughs> that's what they are now too, pretty much. I disagree with that strongly. I think that there's good drafters in our league. I think that you have to have a good draft to be in contention or you're selling. Like, you keep, like I mean, they're, they're not bullet titles. That's absurd. I, all right, I'm not saying that like it's completely bought, but I mean, you we've shown just about every year you need to buy pretty much to, to end up winning at the end. Yeah, so, I mean... We've shown... I, I'm pretty sure there's only... And I, I don't I don't remember the trade deadline that year, but the only year that comes to mind that I think the winner was the team that was pretty much the best team all year was when Spears won. And I don't know that he bought a whole lot at the deadline. I think every other winner has pretty much added significant pieces before the deadline. Spears got Brandon Cooks at that trade deadline for like thirty five or thirty twenty five bucks. I think it was still twenty five at that point, but yeah, it wasn't. It didn't make a huge difference. He it was. It was just yeah. one of those years where he, he was stacked the whole year and didn't really need a whole lot. But yeah, I mean every other. I I I might be wrong, but I feel like every other year, every team has added one or two players that have been top tier guys that that have helped them win the title. Yeah. Well, I'll be interested to hear uh, everyone's feedback about that. It's definitely something that I think will come up at the. If we have a playoff party, um, so I thought those were some good points made by everyone. I think, uh, I think the league's probably ready for the open market. I think we're all kind of uh, 
you know, I, I was a buyer and I was still frustrated with some of the some of the trades. I, th- I think it's just unanimous. So, um, <laughs> let's get into the week eight matchups. Uh, we'll start start off with uh, Abusement Park against Nevermore. It's uh, time for sure to get a win this week and be three and five and decide what he's doing. Or I'm sure he'll be selling if he loses the tires this week. Um, a lot of players that would be had on that team um, if you were to decide. I mean, even though one of them's already left, does this qualify as a loser leaves town? Because I feel like it does. Yeah, this is probably a loser leaves. Well, yeah, this is probably a loser leaves town match. Um, I would agree with that. Let's start off with uh, Scher's team. Uh, got Nick Chubb coming back from injury. He missed the last two weeks. Sunday, 1 o'clock game against Pittsburgh. Are you guys uh, expecting Chubb to get back to normal, or will it be a slow start for him coming back from injury? Back to normal. Um, we saw the Cleveland running game not miss a beat. Um Ernest last week and Chubb's better than him um, he's getting back into right where he left off and uh, yeah slot him right in there no worries it's in the end zone once and you get your you get your standard Nick Chubb week I like him better than I normally do most weeks because Hunt's not there I think he has a big game gets back on track not Great matchup, but but not a bad one. They're going to be able to score some points on this defense. Yeah, he'll be fine. If you run rated right number 90, you can run for 200 yards. I'm sure they saw that. They know it, so he'll be good. He stinks. Yeah, I was going to say, the last time we saw the Steelers, Alex Collins was carving him up. Have to believe that Chubb wouldn't be playing this week if he wasn't able to handle full, full workload. Probably only missed last week's game because it was a Thursday night game. A little bit of a quick turnaround, so um, I think Chubb has a nice game. Probably 80 yards on the ground. Um, but it will come down to whether or not he gets in the end zone, most likely. Uh, let's go to the Nevermore side. I believe Miles Sanders will likely be out this week. I don't. I feel like that's probably going to happen. I haven't checked too closely, but Kenneth Gamewell at Detroit. Uh, we saw Daryl Henderson not have a great game against Detroit last week. This game could be pretty ugly. I could see it either being like a 10-9 game or a lot of points between Detroit and Philly. What do you guys think about Kenneth Gainwell? Yeah, I mean, at first glance, you got to be excited. I mean, who else are you going to want to face? But like I said, it's either going to be really sloppy or it's going to be like 34-33 type bullshit and for nevermore <laughs> you gotta for a team that's holding on by a thread I mean I think I'll like my chances with Hurts and Gainwell if they can connect them connect on a on a touchdown pass um that's gonna that's gonna hurt for the park um I'm leaning towards more of a a higher scoring game between these two teams at the moment so I, I actually like Gainwell's prospects here for another um Double-digit week, somewhere around, give me somewhere around the fifteen points for him. I like him. 
one team is going to get up big early. No idea which one it's going to be. Other teams going to be playing from behind. I, I do think there's going to be a lot of points scored, and Gainwell's going to get some good volume. Like them this week. I'm not sure he's good at football. Haven't seen enough. I think Boston Scott will probably be in the mix. Uh, Detroit's going to win this football game. Uh, one of these coaches I thought lost the locker room early, and I actually think his guys probably love him because he cries in breath conferences, and I think they think he cares. The other dude's talking about watering flowers and has probably lost his locker room. Um, Detroit's matched this team just because one coach is a man and one's a, a little bitch. So. Nick Sirianni's got some one-and-done vibes, doesn't he? He's, <laughs> He's not great. Not great. I, I think it's even more funny that, like, at no point during that thing did I know which one you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Once their roots to grow in the soil so they can be watered. <laughs> yeah, this Eagles team is bad. Um, there's going to be a lot of changes, I think. It could be new GM, new coach, new quarterback. This whole thing could be completely burnt to the ground. Hate to see it. Hopefully, uh, they get the fan base taken care of too. <laughs> yeah, we're we are a far cry away from that that Super Bowl team. Uh, who so was Sirianni is going to be coaching in the back oh, three years? Oh, he's so bad. <laughs> when, when I say back, I mean <laughs> Division Three. <laughs> yeah. Delaware Val, Albright. He'll <laughs> be somewhere. Wilkes. <laughs> yeah, not not impressed. Uh, who do you guys have winning? I'll take Nevermore just because I feel like sure snake bitten. I, I don't know how else to explain it. No, nah, give me the park. Um, just, I'm down the roster. They got better players, and I think they squeeze this one out. It's not close. Stand it. Give me the park. It does feel like if if sure loses this game, then. All this shit's going to be out on the lawn because his team is a whole lot better. And if he loses this, it's just not his year. I mean, if you look at Nevermore's matchups there, holy shit, though. Detroit, Detroit, Jets, Cincy. Like, there's some Giants for Kelsey on Monday night. Like, there's some there's some potential there. As opposed to looking at the Jets, Houston, yeah. Yeah. Deep. Washington. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's just potential for, for big points on, on both sides, so. Alright, next game, Desert Dogs versus Bull Weevils. Start off with Desert Dogs. Elijah Mitchell looked good on Sunday night against the Colts. Um so good that Trey Sermon was dropped this week by Take Your Ball and Go Home. Um Elijah Mitchell. Over under running back fifteen for rest of the season. Over under running back fifteen. Give me give me under. Um under's good here. So I'm saying he's not gonna he's gonna be sixteen or worse. That's over. Is that, is that the way I don't, I'm Just outside outside or inside top fifteen the rest of the way. I'm gonna go outside. Um, he's not there yet. Not yet. Um, nice. Look, look great, but it seems a little too high for him. Um, and I think it might be the undoing of of the. At some point, you know, Shanahan's just gonna be like, "All right, this guy's playing too well. I gotta get somebody else in there back there." Um, 
screw him out of some some touches and some some series. So I think I'll, I'll slot him more in the uh, closer to twenty range. Over, outside, not for me. I, I don't like running backs in this offense. Mitchell had a few good looks early. Don't know what this backfield's going to look like in two weeks. I like the outside also. I think you look at the top 15 right now. Names in there, and there's some names that are outside the top 15, like Dalvin Cook, that should be in there. I think the top 15 backs in the league is a really solid plethora of names there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just... Uh, I just said he doesn't fit. It's like Sesame Street. One thing doesn't look like the others. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at the guys inside the top 15. I mean, there's a, maybe a couple names I could see him not playing the rest of the way, but there's got to be three or four guys outside the 15 that I definitely see uh, playing the rest of the way. Um, as far as, like, Montgomery, Cook. Uh, Kill them all, baby. Kill them all. I love it. Keep talking. Go I think Javon, I'll throw Javante Williams and, and maybe Antonio Gibson in there as well. And Chubb. Outside. Well, we in Denver are bullish on Mitchell the rest of the way. I hear what you're saying about the Niners. Um, but I think he's been pretty clear-cut as the number one guy there. He gets most of the snaps. I might eat those words. 15 might have been the bad number of what you guys are saying about the top 15. But I do think he has a pretty decent chance of being close to an RB1 rest of the way. Um I like Mitchell on this squad. Uh, Bull Weevils. Um, <clears throat> Tyree Kill, Monday night against the Giants. Feels like a get-right game for the Chiefs. Tyree Kill, uh, over under 20 points Monday night. Nobody. Nobody likes to push the Monday night narrative. Like teabag, but I'm going under. She's stink, man. And until I see otherwise, I don't like them. I'm going under. I don't think Mahomes is as good as everyone thinks he is. Well, a lot of people are saying nothing. Then a lot, a lot of people are saying he's barely a top ten quarterback. <laughs> right, right now, but. I do like Kill this week. I, I agree it's a get right game. And the Giants the Giants are just terrible. They're they're just an awful football team. Hill big. Um <clears throat> take the under. It's a lot of points. Twenty is a lot. Um He's done it two times Twice. this year. He's almost doubled it. Well, he doubled it one game against the Eagles. Uh, Washington game, it came close. Basically, you're asking, is Tyreek Hill going to score a touchdown? Um, and I think he will Monday night. So I'll take the over. Who do you guys have winning dogs versus Weevils? I will take the Desert Dogs. <clears throat> yeah. Give me the dog since I'm close. Feels like a Gaskin week, doesn't it? <laughs> I still like the dogs, though. 
dogs. I don't think Gaskin Weeks exist. <laughs> at at Buffalo. <laughs> if there is a such thing as a Gaskin Week, I, I don't know that at Buffalo is, is the one. Oh, so that's the one thing. I stand corrected. It five carries and twenty six point nine fantasy points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers one time this year. Honestly. Yeah. That was the that was the week we all trashed him. Uh, <laughs> Seventy four yards and two tutters. <laughs> Uh, All right, Steel Curtain versus Reading, Reading Renegades. Uh, Curtain, big favorites in this one. So far, Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb not getting it done. On the Renegades side, to keep this one close, I think he's going to need that to come to fruition. Um, we'll start off on the Curtain side. Manuel Sanders has been, I think, undervalued. Ed was kind of uh, on that one early. He does like him, so Emmanuel Sanders currently inside the top 24 receivers as a wide receiver, too. Pretty soft schedule the rest of the way. He's been over double digits the last four weeks that he's played. Do you guys think he continues the double-digit trend this week, home against Miami? Sure do. Um... Behind Ed, I am the number two in line on the Manny Sanders train. Always love the guy. Just a really consistent performer. Um, well, he just, just knows how to get open. Whenever you watch him, he seems like he gets open more than everyone else. Um, just really consistent. You know you're, you know what you're getting from him. And, and yeah, he, he's going to get double digits this week. Um, let the record show that I was the first one on the Emmanuel Sanders train this season and also the first one off of it. Dropping him for some reason. I, I like him rest of the way. I like him this week. I, I also agree that he's going to get the double digits. I would look good in that Odell Beckham spot, right? You keep running out there. I couldn't pass on him when he was on the wire. He fits right into our mantra of getting the number two receiver on really well quarterback teams. Godwin, Sanders, Williams, Thielen. <laughs> if he would. I tried it with Hardman. He stinks. <laughs> Not a good passing <laughs> offense. I like him. He's a good dude and a good player. You could argue hard. You could hard argue Hardman's the number three in that offense, and that's why it didn't work out for you. Otherwise, sound strategy. Process yeah. over results. Um, over on the Renegade side. Uh, Noah Fan recently cut by T-Bag, who made some roster changes this week, getting rid of Fant and Sermon. Uh, Fant's been hit and miss. Three good weeks, three bad weeks, one average week. Um, targets have been there most of the time. Teddy Two Gloves, not good at football. Washington can be had through the air. What do you guys think about Noah Fant this week? I like him. <laughs> um, had to make a decision. Needed to drop someone. Didn't think I was going to get the commission exemption that some other other teams get treated with in this league of not starting a, not starting a player. My quarterback spot. So I had to had to make a drop. 
but uh, Fant was the was the low man on the totem pole on the on the teabag roster, so I had to let him go. But good matchup, Washington. Uh, not good on defense. Nothing to nothing like the twenty twenty Washington front seven. So give me uh, give me Fant for for a decent week this week. Doesn't get any juicier than at or uh, excuse me at home uh, uh, against WFT. Love Fant. Could not believe to see his name out there. Then I looked at Shane's roster and realized how loaded it was and, and why he was out there. He's going to have a big game. I'd be lying if I said I watched more than five snaps of the Denver football game this whole year. Wait, they played Pittsburgh, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I watched a shit ton of snaps of Denver. Didn't notice no fan. Um... Because he had 3.5 against Pittsburgh, that's why. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Two Gloves is, is just as... I mean, that Drew Lock has to be the worst quarterback on the face of the planet. But... Uh, I don't get excited about no fit. <clears throat> so, whatever the question was, no. Or yes, whatever fits the mold. <laughs> I don't like the question. I know, <laughs> I know I'm not... I know I'm not great at this, but I feel like I'm getting a lot worse. You guys keep telling me my roster's loaded, and every time I look, I'm like, man, I have like the sixth or seventh best roster in the league. And, and everyone, everyone's like, oh, your roster's loaded. Why Why are you, like, you're so good. And I'm just like, my team stinks. I'm I'm two guys, I'm two injuries. <laughs> I have a roster that looks like it's in a sixth. I don't know what the hell people are looking at. <laughs> I, we'll, okay. get, we'll get to your team, all right? This isn't. We're talking Renegades curtain football here, all right? It's not all that. The other question for the Renegades, and DK Metcalf's legs hold up after four waves the entire season. Unless you guys didn't see that news about him sending home a uh, OnlyFans star on her five-hour drive because he was trying to book a foursome. Didn't see that. You guys didn't see that? No. Oh, dude. I didn't, but I like the hot take. Uh, yeah. My man... Uh, Family shop. Family shop. Break that news story? That's that's for the Soffle After Dark podcast that we'll do next. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any details on how it went down, but I imagine that's why his hair is a different color every week because it's in some weird areas. Any any truth to the rumors that Deshaun Watson was in the four people? <laughs> no. All right. Good. Uh, I'll take I'll take the. <laughs> I'll take the curtain to win, and I'll take Rashad Penny as the player that should have been dropped by Shane over Noah Fan. I'll take the curtain. It's not close. Um, this is an absolute beatdown. Um, yeah, there's not much else to say. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta agree. Yeah, I'm good with it. Alright, ice cream versus flock. Flock another 30-point favorite this week. That's becoming a theme uh, in the matchups this week. We'll start off with the favored Flock. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to talk about Cooper Cup because I don't want to kill the best receiver on my favorite team. So let's talk about who should we kill. Um, By the way, now that I know that none of you guys read that, I'm wondering if I got that from the same source that Kaz saw that Kaepernick was picked up once. DeAndre DeAndre Swift, Georgia running back, been fantastic. Number three overall at the running back position. Going back to face, well, he's at Detroit, but he's playing against the the team of 
the city where he allegedly murdered someone. Uh, what do you guys think about DeAndre Swift this week against the Eagles? Allegedly. <laughs> I like him. Um, kind of killing my vibes this year. I was, I was. He's getting all the work that I was hoping would be would be shared with uh, Jamal Williams, um, and it's not. He's just eating out of the backfield, catching passes. Um, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I gotta believe he's leading the league in receptions out of the backfield. That is. I feel like he's gotten at least four every week, but he's been in the five, six, seven, eight range. Um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely like him this week against Philadelphia. Um, like we said earlier, we, I think there's going to be some points in this one. And the Eagles are just a, a troubled squad, if you want to put it that way. Um, I expect Swift to continue his, his, his winning ways. I can't believe Swift is the number three running back overall. Uh, I'm just blown away by that. It felt coming into this year like it was going to be an Abdullah season in Detroit where he wasn't even going to be startable for me halfway through the season, but I've been completely wrong on him. This week in particular, though, going back to the scene of the crime, there's going to be a ton of distractions. Not going to be able to focus. I don't like him this week. The game's at Detroit, which we can talk about. It's in Detroit, Phil. I thought it was in Philly. I agree with Phil. Like, this is the most awkward-feeling RB3 there's ever been, maybe. I mean, he hasn't gotten 15 carries once in his new RB3. It's really awkward. Obviously, he's a little satellite back out there catching a whole bunch of balls in garbage time, but garbage time matters, I guess. Um... He's doing things with it. When the last time we were home was the time that we capped that Jamal Williams. Now we need to revisit that. It was a little heated debate. What was, what was the debate? I don't know. We were debating on what Jamal Williams' over-under was for, like, weekly stuff. <laughs> I think I'm winning. It's under right now. Whatever it was, it's under. I think it was, like, I said it was absurd that you thought he was going to get 10 points a week or something. <laughs> <clears throat> I thought he was still in Green Bay, so I'm out. <laughs> uh, on Spears' team, Joe Burrow, quarterback nine so far in the season. He has been uh, red hot the last two weeks, 27 and 33 points. Uh, over under 25 points for Joe Burrow this week at the Jets. I have absolutely no reason of why I'm going to say this, but under, um, it just feels like an ugly game. The Jets are, they're terrible. Everyone knows it, but it just feels like an ugly game on Sunday against, at, at the Jets. I don't know. I I think the Bengals are good, but I, I, they seem, they seem like one of those teams where it's, it's a, it's a road game against a bad team where they're just going to struggle a little bit. Because um, they're they're a team that's still ascending, but they're they're not ready to to step on the throat yet. Um, I think it's going to be ugly, more low scoring. So give me under for Burrow. Give me under, but only because I'm upset that my cousin's Jeff stack every week doesn't get to play it out. Yeah. 
the Ravens will tell you Shane that they know how to step on someone's throat, first of all. Um, second of all, I'll take the under because he's only done it three times, and Jamar Chase can't keep catching a 67, 70, 80, 90, 100 yard touchdown every week, so long of average, just give me the under. <clears throat> um, I'll take the over just because we don't bet unders here. Um, Jamar Chase, good at football. He does not need white lines on the football to be a good player. So that's something we didn't see coming. Uh, Joe bad Burrow. take. Joe bad Burrow. take, man. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, Burrow's been awesome. Definitely a good pickup by Troy. Sneakily thrown for eight picks this year. I feel like there were other things that I wanted to say. There was a lot out there about, oh, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting a little disheveled here. You guys were saying a lot of stuff. I was thinking about a lot of stuff. And I don't remember any of it. I'll take the flock to win. <laughs> that, that, that sounds right. <laughs> flock, it's, it's not close. Flock swarms this week. I'll take the flock just because he's got Mo Ali Cox in there and that dude. I like him. All right. Mad Dogs versus Seawolves. Start off with uh, the Seawolves, who are two-point dogs right now with Kyler Murray only having a 3.32 first half. Not great vibes around this team, as we talked about. Uh, Eckler, hip injury, Kareem Hunt, missing in action, Antonio Brown's on crutches, Odell Beckham plays like he's on crutches, it's going to need to be the king, he had three touchdowns at Indianapolis last year, does he get to two touchdowns this week against Indianapolis? No, give me just one for King Henry this week. Um, I think it's going to be a tough sled for him this week. Colts are, Colts are ascending. They're starting to get healthy and playing better. Um, give me just one touchdown for King. It's not going to be enough for the Wolves. Is that touchdown number inclusive of passing touchdowns? Yeah, sure. I like him for the hat trick this weekend. I, I bet if you go to Vegas and bet on him to score two times, you're going to be paying minus money. He's got a good week. Phil, bonus question. Do you have any angst or belief that he can survive this season as the owner? I'm just curious, like, what people that – sorry, as the manager. <laughs> Thank you for remembering we're in 2021. He has shown no reason of any slowdown. I I think he'll play every single possible game that he will the rest of the season and be in good shape as a keeper next year. I just keep asking, when is someone going to go through this dude's knee and just they keep back those shoulders and it's not working? We're about two weeks away from that point in the season where they're going to play a bunch of teams that have given up on the year and everyone's going to be making business decisions not to tackle them that's what I'm looking forward to that's when he feasts that's not that's nothing (laughs) (laughs) we'll see to not tackle someone results in you going back to where you came from 
we'll say. With a little less money than, or a little more money than when you started. All right, anyway. Um, under. I was going to say, I think they got the passing game going last week, and A.J. Brown really started to click. And then I clicked in this picture, so had 29 carries. So, I don't know. <laughs> but whatever. I like them for They're going to this season. I mean, so who cares? Look at this semifinal final schedule. At home against the Niners, who should be eliminated. At home against the Dolphins, who will be eliminated. My God. The Seawolves are just suffering. I like Henry for the hat trick this week, too. I will be looking for that on FanDuel. I think it's a great, a great play. He didn't do it last week, so he should do it this week. Um, over on the Mad Dog side, nobody in the flex too. Outstanding. Love that. Clearly, he's just not going to fill out a position. Um... Did you guys know, because Eddie and I didn't, that Debo Samuel is a top five wide receiver this year? I did. I did because I was looking at trivia questions for you guys earlier. That was one I was throwing around. I saw he was number five. Um, yes, I, I did, and it's just like how. But <laughs> I know he had the one huge week. forgot about the huge week in week one, but I knew he had the one a few weeks ago against Seattle. Thanks for stealing the trivia question next week and allowing me or saving me from embarrassment. That was supposed to be Ayuk this year, which is what all of my people I follow on Twitter tell me. And they were wrong, as we can see now. I can tell you who didn't think it was going to be Ayuk. Good, man. Tell us. Who was it? This guy. Uh, yeah, we know. You should have drafted him for three dollars then. I did try to get him. I had like no money left, <clears throat> and he went for more than three dollars. I think because I'm pretty sure I said something about Tiva Samuel, and I got just back out. I think he was six. And uh, I was shooting guys like Mike Williams. So. Mike Williams. Um. I don't know what question was. <laughs> did, did you know Debo Samuel was a top five wide receiver? It's not, was oh, it? yeah, but you but the fact that you and I both figured that out the other night, so yeah, I did. Yeah. But in the flex, you might ask. I don't know, but he's going to have to fill Debo Samuel, too, because I don't think he's going to play, unless the has turned on that. But last I saw, I didn't think he was going to get up. Got to be Sterling Shepard. This could turn into the most consistent team being wildly inconsistent going into this one. Um, and being left with some some hunger in the belly because there's just not enough on the plate here for the hungry, hungry, hungry hippo mad dogs. <laughs> the hungriest dogs. Yeah, he's uh, looking good though this week because Kyler Murray has .32 after that pick that he just threw. Yeah, he looks small this week. All right. You just make a short joke, Bobby? It's uh, clear you look really good. Here's 50% of your work. Who do you guys have winning uh, Mad Dogs versus Sea Wolves? 
Yeah, easy to easy to see the, the scoreboard here with Kyler putting up a clunker here Thursday night. Um, I think I'm gonna go uh, Mad Dogs based on what we've seen. Even though I expect Kyler to get some junk, some junk yardage and junk TD here, but I'm gonna go Mad Dogs. Mad Dogs, big. Aiden <laughs> Seabulls. Anything to add to that or just taking the Seabulls? I just figured like the her conversation was recorded and she pressed play, but uh yeah, I got a little bit of it. But I will take the Seawolves as well behind the three tighter game from Derrick Henry. Yeah. Debo, if Debo's out, it's a wrap. Mahomes Debo. Monday night though, it feels good. I just don't really like this guy, this empty guy. I don't think he's very good at football. Yeah, it feels like he's doing that on purpose. Alright, game of the week. Fleetwood franchise and their 127.5 projection against Take Your Ball and Go Home. First place Peyton Manning team with a 104 projection. Uh, Hopkins unlikely to return. James Conner, not sure he made it to the stadium. Not, I'm likely to suit up tonight. Yeah, <laughs> not a great start. Uh, Aaron Jones is doing his part, but that may not be enough. Let's start off with that Take Your Ball and Go Home team. There were a lot of quarterbacks you could have picked, Shane. Yep. An awful lot. Yeah, I claim it for all of them. Um, I probably Those are stupid fucking rules. What do you no? All right. <laughs> Um, Daniel Jones should have been the play. That's all I'm going to say. What do you guys think about Teddy Bridgewater and the field? I don't know what the field is, so I look around for a while. He looks like the guy from Hamburger Helper. <laughs> that's 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 my take. I don't think that's sortable. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, not exactly thrilled about it, but everything I've seen from the Washington defense is not good as well. They've been, I feel like, the easiest team to pass on this year, so <sighs> I figured if Bridgewater was safe to, to get one or two in the end zone this week and, and get me to, to a 20-point week, so. You didn't think any, you didn't think any of those would go to Noah Fanto? I felt like Noah Fan was my most droppable player. I had to drop someone. But you so. were picking up his quarterback to st- to stream this week. Yeah. Didn't want to double down or. Well, I just didn't want to. Figure carrying two tight ends was was not the way to go here. So I, I had to pick between Goddard and Fan. Felt like Goddard was more likely to get more targets this week, so I went with Goddard. That's fair. And I like. Uh, I don't know what the field was. I don't feel like looking. So Daniel Jones is the the other guy. Daniel Jones was probably the other guy that was was up there. Wentz was available as well. Um, Daniel Jones against the Chiefs. I mean, I don't know. So there's Tannehill and Wentz were available, and then you were you were looking at some some dark throws, like Teddy or 
Yeah. Daniel Jones has shown that he can play in prime time, though. I feel like he has good <clears throat> good performances on nationally televised games. You still have time. I feel to like he's games. always running for like seventy yards in a in a televised game yeah. for some unknown reason. I don't hate the Teddy move. I think Washington stinks. I feel like I was on an island on that all off season as everyone was touting this team for no good reason. Um, Chase Young stinks. Uh, I'm okay with it. It's not exciting, but I think you can sneak a decent number out there. All right, uh, Fleetwood franchise. Big game anticipated by Josh Allen with his 31-point projection. I'm sure some of that will be going to Diggs. Uh, just a loaded, loaded roster with great matchups this week. Um, Daryl Henderson against Houston, over under 20 points. Oof. Like we said, 20 is a lot. He's only done it once this year. Um, Houston, on the other hand, is a whole different animal. Give me the under. Barely. Still gets to his 15, 16 points. Under to Cooper Cup game. <laughs> <clears throat> under he's just not he's just a two touchdown kind of guy multiple times in a season I don't think in this offense it's not cute enough for that blowjob of a head coach so alright I'll take I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll take Henderson over 20 the Rams notoriously play down to their competition but they did that last week I think they get uh they get going this week and absolutely destroy Houston. We're talking maybe 40 points for the Rams this week um, in this one. And Henderson will make up for the disappointing week last week. Just looking more at this franchise team, I, I feel like I probably didn't give them enough due in the recap that I wrote yesterday. I mean, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, and Marvin Jones... I feel like are three players that would start on most teams in this league. And and, and these guys can't make their lineup this week. This this is a good team. Yeah, it's a deep team. It's a deep team. Um kind of built for uh built to get through uh the bye weeks, that's for sure. Um got a lot of solid solid starts and <clears throat> Obviously, hopeful that Carson comes back into the into the fray here for him because uh, it'd be a big boost. Not feeling it, Phil. You don't like the squad. No, I do. They're deep. Done a good job of managing it and getting players off the wire like Patterson and D Dub. It's a good team. D Dub. Uh, Daryl Williams. Oh, Darryl gotcha. Williams. All right. It's, it's embarrassing you don't know that. I don't know that. Um, follow-up question. He's three games back of his brother for the lead in that division. Do you guys think he can catch him? Or is this thing still too far away? Yeah, sure. This team for face value feels better than the home dogs. 
<laughs> if he wins this week, he can. Yeah, remember he's got he's got this week. He's got a, a layup next week against Nevermore. And then he's got Renegades and Ice Cream to close out the the season. So I mean, he's got he's got a little tough stretch there with the Flock Curtain, and then he gets the Mad Dogs in Week Twelve. So I mean, I don't see any reason he can't win six of the seven left. That gets you right back in the thick of it. Uh, is this a case where? He still might need to make a move, or do you think he's a rare instance where you can hold tight? Hundred percent has to make a move because you guys are calling as a team deep, and Javante Williams and Michael Carter don't do anything for getting anyone excited about anything. They're two guys that struggle to get ten carries, and they're not doing what DeAndre Swift does, so they're not excited. Um, getting Chris Carter back off of IR would definitely give this team a boost. Um, <clears throat> Patterson kind of feels like a league winner, but does that continue? I don't know. Weird. League winner, maybe not. I mean, that might be a little overzealous, but... The deep squad, but it, I, I mean, I think he, he needs a little more. He needs a little more star power somewhere. Um, like you said, he, he needs... He's one of those guys that kind of fully take over a job. Um, a Javante and Mike Carter start turning into a... 15 to 20 point kind of weak guy where you can count on it instead of the just the feeling good about putting him in your flex spot yeah it feels like Javante's uh, there's James Conner scoring as Phil looks dejected Um, kind of feels like Javante should be getting more burn I don't know either way I wish it would happen either happen or don't happen like one way or the other, like, it's going to be fresh, frustrating for me and him right now. I mean, there are guys that you don't mind throwing out in your as a flex play, but Melvin Gordon and Javante, it's like, man, I, I, I'm capping you at, like, 12 points. Like, if you get to double digits, like, this is outstanding. Um, one of us, we're just both holding on for dear life, hoping one of them just gets hurt, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, with the Connor touchdown, it's on 17-14. Packers-Cardinals have had some outstanding games in the past. This one this one could be a fun ending here. Um, <clears throat> let's wrap this up. Who do you guys have winning? Did we already pick a winner? No, we did not. Franchise versus T-Bag. I'll take the franchise behind a big Bills effort. Yeah, this certainly seems... I know we've been saying it. Every week it feels like, but it, it just feels like a, a, a Diggs week um, where it could be Allen and Diggs is just too much to overcome by itself. And I, I think I, I needed I needed a lot out of this Thursday night game for sure. There's still some time left to make that happen. Looks like Hopkins came back. Um, but it's going to be a franchise and by a decent margin here. And Hopkins and Jones is going to look good in Seawolves Blue. I can feel it. Give me the franchise, and I think Jamar Chase catches another 10-yard pass, and three defenders run into each other and fall down, and he runs 80 yards to the end zone again. Uh, 
think Teabag has enough to get it done. Ooh. I like, uh... Zesty. I, like I think it feels like it's time for Cooper to eat a big week. And Keenan Allen, you got, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know what Belichick's going to do against the Chargers, but it feels like... He, he has to think, let's not let Mike Waves make the big play. So you probably send J.C. Jackson to him. Um, and it feels like Keenan Allen probably gets a nice little matchup this week with that dog shit guy, Jalen Mills. And it's whatever color hair he has currently. And it feels like Keenan Allen probably pops off for the first time this week, this, this week for the year. Yeah, we've been waiting for it. Uh, the target volume has been there. Just hasn't, hasn't had any big plays. We're going to need at least one more touchdown in this game tonight, though. I like, I like his odds. Yeah. All right. Anyone else have anything for the good of the order? This is the last week before the trade deadline, which is Wednesday night. Um, anyone have anything to add? I don't have a two for one. I don't feel like we're going up, but Detroit's one of them. Bet the Lions by one. A guy, there's two guys that are dead on the field. Nothing else for me. <laughs> no, I mean, it's kind of a do or die week for a couple of teams in the league. And we're going to see who the uh, probably seven or eight teams left stand and they're going to make a run at this thing. Looks like we almost had two teams, about two, two teams give up last week. We're going to see probably two more in the, in the coming week. So, That's it from the teabag side. And apparently you're going to give all your good players to fill again from what I hear. Uh, two of them. Just he, two. Oh. He's not selling. Hopkins and uh, Jones. <laughs> he's not selling. Can't give him up when I'm going to win the division. So. I'll, I'll max him on cash. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Shane, you getting excited yet or not yet? Not yet. Not yet. I'm going to save that for uh, probably two weeks from now. All right. It's usually when we start getting... Tingly. Nice. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing how our game of the week, which is projected for 236 points as of right now, somehow turns into a 82 to 79 dog fight. <laughs> um, and how T-Bag's able to pull it out. Uh, thank you all for joining me. This was fun getting all of us together to talk. Soffle. And uh, good luck in week eight to everyone, and we'll talk to you in week nine.